Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tramel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol. As Governor Ron DeSantis pledges to defend freedom as Florida sees its first few cases of the new COVID-19 variant. Is where, is, if they're scared of Omicron and they want to, to lock down or they want to isolate, that is absolutely their decision in a free society. But you don't impose Fauciism on the whole country or on the whole state. It's wrong. As the Supreme Court weighs the future of the landmark Roe versus Wade decision, we talk with the outgoing leader of Planned Parenthood in Florida. There is always a battle to be had uh, in the attack of the control of people's bodies. And uh, right now, this is a red alert uh, moment. Today's Sunrise interview is with Planned Parenthood leader Lillian Tamayo, who is passing the baton after 22 years of service. She shares her views on the current threats facing access to abortion here in Florida and across the country. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. The following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Everyone loves a win-win, and if you're a fan of sports betting, you can win-win too. Billions of dollars for education, legal sports betting for you. We're Florida Education Champions, and our petition brings competition and choice to legal sports betting in Florida and gives all the tax revenue to public education. That's a win for you and our kids. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, December 8th. Today is something I try to do almost every day, which is pretend to be a time traveler day. So I hear the best way to celebrate is to break out the clothes from the past and pretend you're back in time. It's also National Brownie Day. I think I'll celebrate that instead. On this day in 2000, the Florida Supreme Court, in a 4-3 to decision, ordered an immediate hand count of about 45,000 disputed presidential ballots. Republican candidate George W. Bush won the most electoral votes. Democratic candidate Al Gore received more popular votes. Florida was still performing recounts on December 12th when the United States Supreme Court decision ended the Florida recounts, which gave the result to Bush. The new COVID-19 variant has made a touchdown in Florida. The Department of Health and a Tampa hospital each announced positive test results for the variant which first arrived in the U.S. on December 1st and is spreading throughout the states. One of the Florida cases was found at James A. Haley Veterans Hospital in Tampa. The person infected with the virus had recently traveled outside of the country and has mild symptoms. The other in St. Lucie County was confirmed by the state health department. Officials said they sent a sample to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Friday, and it has since been confirmed as Omicron. On Tuesday, Governor Ron DeSantis remained unfazed by the new threats, doubling down on his anti-mask stance, even calling on restaurant owners to free their waitstaff from wearing masks. DeSantis pledges to keep Florida free throughout the latest variant. We won't let them lock you down. We won't let them restrict you. We're not going to let them impose mandates. We're not going to let them close the schools. We are going to protect your freedom to make your decisions. And I have no problem if somebody 
is worry, is if they're scared of Omicron and they want to, to lock down or they want to isolate, that is absolutely their decision in a free society. But you don't impose Fauciism on the whole country or on the whole state. It's wrong. Research is still being done on the severity of the Omicron variant. And while it may not be as deadly as other strains, it does appear that it might be more contagious. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends wearing masks in crowded outdoor settings and areas of high transmission of COVID-19. Also on Tuesday, DeSantis announced a three-year plan to upgrade and expand the state's infrastructure. So we're going to be doing, uh, and this will be reflected in my budget that we'll do soon, uh, $270 million for over 76 projects uh, across the state of Florida. The projects include solutions to protect coastal communities from sea level rise and flooding. As these things work, there's almost always a local match for that. So you're lo really looking at over $500 million uh, of investments uh, to support uh, this type of infrastructure. Florida Department of Environmental Protection Secretary Sean Hamilton called the investment historic and praised the governor. He's championed the support for the funding along with our partners in the legislature to make sure our local communities are prepared to deal with the impacts of sea level rise, intensified storm and flooding. Again, leadership will always be one of the most important ingredients as we move forward. That was followed by Florida's new chief resiliency officer, Wesley Brooks. And now the projects included in this statewide flooding and sea level rise resilience plan provide concrete opportunities to begin building a brighter future for all of our inland and coastal communities. But don't get it confused. DeSantis wants to make it clear there is no left-wing ideology seeping into his plans. Uh, what I found is people, when they start talking about things like global warming, they typically use that as a pretext to do a bunch of left-wing things that they would want to do anyways. And so we're not doing any left-wing stuff. What we're doing, though, is just re reacting to the fact that, um, okay, we're a flood-prone state. Uh, we do have storms. I don't know that we really haven't had more storms in the last 10, 15 years than we had in other portions of, you could pick different periods where we've had a lot. But the bottom line is this is something that has a huge impact. As our state becomes more populated, of course, there's more property. The governor's $270 million plan still has to be approved by the legislature in the 2022 session, which means it could always be subject to change. The state's first climate change plan, developed under then-Governor Charlie Crist in 2008, didn't go anywhere beyond the press announcements. Competing gaming interests are set to square off against each other in court for the first time today in a fight over expanding gambling here in Florida. One side argues the issue has devolved into harassment and intimidation tactics. Groups backed by casino giants at Las Vegas Sands and the Seminole Tribe of Florida will meet with a Tallahassee-based judge in a time-sensitive case over whether tribe-backed groups are strong-arming members of Las Vegas Sands-backed ballot campaign. Florida's Voters in Charge, a group funded by Las Vegas Sands, has requested a restraining order against the tribe's groups, including Stand Up for Florida and Let the Voters Decide. According to the lawsuit, the tribe-funded groups would prevent Florida voters in charge from getting its initiative to expand gaming in the Sunshine State on the 2022 ballot if the groups aren't stopped. Judge Angela Dempsey will hear the intimidation case in the Second Judicial Circuit in Tallahassee in a case management conference scheduled for 10 this morning. 
Let's turn to our Sunrise interview. Both sides of the abortion debate seem to be operating under the assumption that the nation's high court, revamped by former President Donald Trump, will either overturn or seriously weaken the landmark Roe v. Wade abortion rights decision. State-by-state battles are ongoing but has intensified with signals from Washington in recent weeks. With that, Florida's Planned Parenthood leader, Lillian Tamayo, has announced she is stepping down after 22 years serving her organization. She joins us to explain why. Lillian Tamayo, welcome to Sunrise. I understand that you are retiring after two decades of defending abortion rights. What led you to come to this decision? Yeah, I think, uh, Tramel, that it is, uh, it's time. Uh, I have looked back on the body of work that we have collectively achieved, both at the organization and with uh, reproductive health allies in Florida. And I believe it's time for uh, new leadership. Um, as I was sharing with you, I, I see it as a uh, an opportunity for new talent to um, come forward. There is so many um, in our state and throughout this country that are poised for this uh, role. And uh, additionally, I think it's also an opportunity to think of a, a new uh, a chapter in my life. Um, but it is an interesting time right now, considering this is it. You have the Supreme Court debating abortion laws, what's going on in Mississippi and Texas, and you know the ongoing fight here in Florida. So it's an interesting time. I'll just use interesting to, yeah. to step back. How do you feel about all that's going on right now to be looking to step away? In all candor, it is bittersweet. Uh, the thing I will lift up, it is always this in this movement. There is always a battle to be had uh, in the attack of the control of people's bodies. And uh, right now, this is a red alert uh, moment. And I'm also uh, feeling like there is uh, enough attention on this and uh, energy with our activists. But it is, uh, it's a hard time to step away, though it is hard to imagine any scenario where I will completely step away from this work as, as, as I think of it, it, it is really in, in my bones uh, to always be a, a champion and advocate uh, in support of that. And to that point, this issue, it's ongoing, it's yeah. been ongoing and it will continue on. Um, what do you foresee? Will it ever slow down? Um, I I do, and I, I I do. I have infinite optimism about the world. I I do view the world as uh, this movement as half full, and but and because I anchor myself in thinking about the fact that we are a hundred plus year movement and. We will make gains and we will step back, but we are always pushing forward. Um, I'm thinking, just just look at this year, Jamal, this year, just in 2021 alone, <clears throat> we had nearly 600 abortion restrictions that were introduced nationwide. And, and, uh, and about 100 of them were enacted into law. So I, I talk about that because we see the movement uh, in opposition to um, people in control of their own bodies, their own uh, self-determination. Uh, at the same time, we are living in a time where uh, there is greater support for Roe. 
even though uh, electeds are moving uh, and are in different directions, we can't rely on courts. And therefore, we're going to have to look at how to change policy and the people who sit in the seats who make policy. Could you recall a time with maybe having a debate with an opponent, someone who's against abortion rights, what has been your most difficult conversation or attempt to reach compromise, maybe with an elected official who fundamentally disagrees with your position? Yeah, what a great question. You know, Tramal, I think the what often uh, stumps me, um, creates a, a block for me, is in speaking to individuals who don't uh, share this view is what is the judgment and shaming of um, uh, women, of people who are securing abortions that um, breaks my heart on behalf of those who are seeking to make their own personal decisions. I, I really believe that there is such a culture of uh, judgment and uh, and shaming that we we see and it plays out in the way that policies are shaped and punishment that is uh, doled out that somehow a uh, unintended pregnancy should be punished by carrying a pregnancy to term and having a child seems inhumane to me what would you like them to ultimately understand if you had a way to, and they were agreeable, what do you want them to see from your point of view? Yeah, I think what I'd want them to see is that um, we can't walk in anyone's shoes. We can't fully understand what drives personal decision-making, that every person who arrives at this deeply personal decision of whether to carry, uh, whether to um, have a child, become a parent, um, place a child up for adoption or seek an abortion, that these are uh, fundamentally human rights uh, that need to be honored and respected. And that uh, this conversation about abortion, adoption, um, or um, bringing a child into the world is a, has a much longer arc, a much broader discussion than this narrow one that often gets framed. Looking back to your time, your 22 years, what would you see as your wins, your political wins, oh. if you will, in Tallahassee? We have had so many wins that we are a haven state. When we look around the South, Florida continues to uh, provide uh, comprehensive reproductive health care and serves as a beacon for the surrounding states that have much more significant abortion restrictions that we've uh, um, grown in this state to uh, at, at our affiliate from three health centers to 11 that we grew from Palm Beach County all the way down to Miami up to Jacksonville, Gainesville and Tallahassee that we provide care just this last year alone over 70,000 uh, people uh, received health care or education um, that we partnered with allies on not only reproductive justice 
uh, legislation, but worked in uh, partnership. It, it, the list goes on and on. I am I'm buoyed by the, the the good work that we have collectively achieved over the last two decades plus. Now you're still going to be here through March. You're still going to be here through the 2022 legislative session. So there is still work ahead for you, and then there is the work to find your replacement. So what are you planning for the next few months? Um, doubling down on all the effort of assuring that we continue to provide uh, health care to our patients to keep our doors open, uh, to prepare to provide care no matter what. Uh, any circumstance and to stand in solidarity and to fight for justice. That is, uh, that is the work ahead and the work that I imagine I will uh, continue to uh, do in a different way uh, following my departure and uh, keep cheering for our uh, colleagues who uh, stay in the, in the work every day. Well, Lillian Tamayo, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. I wish you all the best as you chart out your future after thank Planned you, Parenthood. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Here's your calendar of events. The Collier and Palm Beach County Legislative Delegations will meet today as they prepare for the 2022 session. The Florida Supreme Court will hear arguments in four cases, including a constitutional challenge to a 2016 state law that put new requirements on life insurance companies to determine whether policyholders have died and to contact beneficiaries. That's at 9. The Enterprise Florida Board of Directors will hold its quarterly meeting in Orlando today. The Florida Commission on Offender Review will meet this morning at 9. The state's Blue-Green Algae Task Force will meet at 9.30 in Fort Pierce at the Harbor Branch Oceanographic Institute. Democratic Representative Yvonne Hinson will help host a Career Connections job fair in Marion County between 2 and 4 p.m. at the College of Central Florida. CNN political commentator Alice Stewart will speak to the Flagler Tiger Bay Club at 5.30 in Palm Coast. A fundraising event will be held in Broward County for Republican Darlene Swafer, who is running in what is now Congressional District 22. That's at 6. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.